Welcome to season one finale episode 10 of Desi Movers and Shakers. I'm your host, Sunil Sadarangani. This episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away $100,000 to up and coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. Desi Movers and Shakers is humbled to have been part of the Podcash winners. Go to podcash.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-H dot com. Daisy Movers and Shakers is about dynamic entrepreneurs and individuals from the Indian subcontinent making a difference and creating legacies. I'm super excited about today's guest, author and screenwriter Soman Chenani. His book series, The School for Good and Evil, has been on the New York Times bestseller list for over 36 weeks and has sold more than 3 million copies, been translated into 30 languages across six continents, and will be a major motion pictures from Netflix in 2022, starring Charlie Theron, Kerry Washington, Lawrence Fishburne, Michelle Yeoh, and other major stars. His latest novel, Rise of the School for Good and Evil, kickstarts a new series in his Ever Never World universe. Soman Chenani is a busy, busy man. Let's find out more about his fascinating career. Welcome to the show, Soman. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. So what's the latest? What's going on? I'm in a car on the way to Ojai um, for this cool conference that they have every year called Amplify uh, for sort of, you know, people of color in the industry uh, who are on the creative side and on the executive side in order to sort of facilitate the meeting. Uh, it's run by, you know, Creative Artists Agency, the big um, CAA agency. And so uh, I'm looking forward to, I don't know, just, uh, you know, getting to meet people that you wouldn't ordinarily be connected with, uh, except through initiatives like this. And I think 10, 15 years ago, this never would have happened because Hollywood had a very different kind of racial makeup to its executive leadership, you know? Yeah, no, um, absolutely. This is such a game-changing um, uh, thing that's going on right now in the industry uh, and I've seen that, you know, as probably you have also in your career graph as it's, it's as it's escalated and come to this this point. Um, you're right. We we wouldn't have seen this ten years ago, even five years ago. So this is really, I think, a really uh, great um, moment. And you know, we just take advantage of that because there's so much talent within the people of color pool talent pool. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so how long is this conference for or this, this event for? I think it's just uh, one day. We arrive today and then it'll be uh, sort of all day tomorrow. And, you know, I go back and forth now between New York and L.A. Uh, New York is, you know, where I sort of run my day to day life. But with the School for Good and Evil movie coming out in um, September, uh, there's just so much going on in L.A. So I come here you know, once a month, uh, at least. And then uh, I've been on book tour as well. So I'll be heading over to London uh, next week uh, to do about uh, a week to 10 days of meeting with readers over there. So it's a funny point in my career, because I'm mixing sort of writing books and, and the book, you know, touring that goes with that, as well as the movie side and TV side. So it's a little bit schizo. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, because this this latest book tour is your new series, right? The rise, uh, the rise of four of the school for good and evil. Yeah, it's a prequel um, series to the 
um, you know, to the series that people were watching the first movie for. So the first movie that comes out in September is for book one of the School for Good and Evil series. And there's six books in that series. And so uh, I'm doing two prequels, one that just came out, Rise, and then one that'll come out uh, next year to sort of flesh out the universe. So this way, you know, if the first movie does well, um, God willing, then, you know, there's a, a bigger universe of content that you can draw from to do spinoffs and to build a larger mythology. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I've been always fascinated and been following, you know, your amazing rise and choreograph in the whole book world and as an author, um, I would, I've always been fascinated about your fan base, your student, the, the, you know, basically it's just the, the young adult fan base. Um, how has that experience been for you? How has it changed you in, in any way? You know, so I'd love to know more about that. I mean, I think the cool thing is, you know, everyone looks back at when they were teenagers and that was sort of the most emotionally heightened time in their lives when there was just so much going on inside themselves and so much was being determined. You know, that's where you found the things you love, what you were good at. You know, so much of your life is determined when you're a teenager. So to write for them requires you to go back into that mindset and to really, um, you know, open yourself up to all those emotions and things like that. And so then when you go on tour and get to meet them, it sort of makes it all worth it because you realize how deeply they feel when they do read your books and, and resonate with them, you know? And I think, you know, what Netflix is finding out as they're doing the promotion for the movie is that, you know, these kids that have read the books over the last eight to 10 years, it's been a part of their childhood. And so they're very, very passionate about it. And that is good on the one hand, because, you know, they're the fan base that will, really launch the movie, you know, um, but at the same time, they have high expectations. So uh, together, those two things are a double-edged sword, but um, I'm hoping, you know, we'll deliver a movie that will make them not only, you know, feel like they got a version that they can share with their family and friends, but also feel like, okay, you know, they love the books and they have the books forever. And now they have uh, a movie that they can be proud of too. Yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to the movie in a bit. Um, but I have known you and your journey since your university mm. in Columbia. We worked on, I don't know, produced most of your shorts. That yes. You and that was, you know, your when you were working um, towards being a, a, a director, you also mm-hmm. wrote. Um, but then you made this pivot. And yeah. what prompted you to, you know, get into becoming an author? You know, I loved directing. I mean, it was what I loved more than anything in the world. And I loved getting to shape things by writing at first. So I never directed anything that I hadn't written. Um, and I felt like having sort of total control from a story from beginning to end was always what I wanted. The issue I had was I was supposed to direct a, a big movie out of film school, um, you know, that we had set up in uh, the UK, we had financing, we had started casting, we were in pre-production, and then the financial crisis happened, and that studio lost all their um, funding and financing. And so the movie was suddenly on ice after a couple of years. And what I realized was that, you know, you could spend years and years getting these projects off the ground, and they might not ever happen, you know, like, even if you got all the way there. And it wasn't a sustainable way to make money, to you know, have any kind of stable creative life because you could work forever and it could never be seen by an audience. And so I think I came home kind of depressed because that movie was now sort of shaky because of um, factors out of my control. 
and I think I'd come up with the idea for the school for good and evil and I was going to write it as a screenplay. And because it was, it was too big for me to ever direct in my head, it was, you know, it's a hundred million dollar movie or something. And I thought to myself, you, you know, this is such a deep world. Let me try doing it as a book first. Cause at the very least I'll have a finished product that can't be taken away, you know, um, by yeah. the sort of winds of change. And yeah. so that's what happened. You know, I wrote the book and then realized that ultimately the joy I got from directing, which was controlling everything from start to finish, I was starting to get in the book world. Because as the book became a hit, I could control the way it was marketed. I could control the way it was presented to the outside world. I controlled the trailers. I controlled the tour. I controlled the imagery. I controlled the cover. And so that those needs to be able to, to make the story exactly how I wanted and to bring it out in the world exactly how I wanted, I got through books instead of movies. So, yeah. so I'd love Sorry, to go back and do it. I'd love to go back and direct again. And I hope um, that'll happen again soon, but it just was a funny, it was a funny thing, you know? Well, well, I was just going to say in, in a way, you know, when you just said that you had, you know, control over a lot of the aspects of, of getting, the, you know, right from writing the book to getting it out there into market and getting it published and all of that. And also I've seen that, um, you've also been an integral part of the visual promotions that is like, you know, mm -hmm. the video promotions for the book. So that in a way also kind of, you kind of got your directing, you, um, uh, you know, skills out into display again, which, which is, you, you know, you, you, you are very talented. I've worked with you, so I know that. So I'm sure it must've been a, a great ride as well. Kind of I mean, way. yeah, I miss the, I miss definitely the hijinks of the kind of collaborative process between a director and producer, you know, the, all the things that we used to do and, and the fun we used to have and, and the kind of large scale unpredictability of a yeah. set, you know, whereas in book world, you have a lot more control, but I think what has happened is I've been able to sort of build a universe and now that it's sort of coming to a close i'm almost done with this school for good and evil cycle in mm. my life you know the movies are going to do something that's when i start looking to new ventures like okay maybe i can get back into directing mm -hmm. this way or that way and starting to build you know uh, build a new way because the the truth is you only have you don't get that many years in your life to to be at your peak of creativity really and so um yeah, I, I want to be able to try different mediums and try different things. No, this is the best time to do that. And, um, you know, I know time's short, so we'll just kind of wrap up with the big release that's happening for the School for Good and Evil by, you know, uh, produced by Netflix and has all these big stars lined up, which I had mentioned in the, at, the, at the onset of the, of the podcast. So tell me about that experience. How was it interacting with, um, you know, these this this great yes. I mean, it was, it's been an amazing experience because netflix is so collaborative with the author and the director has been too and i think you know it's it's been the opportunity to see a very faithful adaptation of the work so i got to spend you know sort of a month on set and and hang around with you know all of them and make friends with the cast and so it was a very surreal experience i mean unfortunately it was made at the height of covid pre-vaccine mm. and so there was was a very 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 controlled set um, where you it, it didn't have the usual camaraderie and fun I think of a of a normal set where you know you could be with talk to anybody at any time and see their faces and things like that it was just uh, 
it felt like you were uh, in a spaceship, you know, because everyone was so masked <laughs> and yeah. so protected yeah. and you were testing all the time. Um, but, you know, I'm hopeful with sequels, uh, it'll be a little more uh, relaxed and, um, you know, we'll all get to, to do it again. But uh, it was, it's been a really great experience so far. And I'm just hopeful that uh, up through release, it's going to all go very well. Yeah, I, I, I saw your interview with Kelly Clarkson and um, you had mentioned there that it was such a surreal experience to see your writing come to life. So, I mean, you know, COVID notwithstanding and all of the, the, all the restrictions that you had to kind of go through for that during that period, what was that like? Like, what was that whole what moment when you stepped in onto set? I think that's what was the crazy part of the whole experience was that, you know, you you have this world in your head and then you just show up on set and it's there brought to life you know it's never going to look exactly like it is in your head but it's mm. it's close enough where you have to look at it and be like oh my god this is you know sort of a piece of my imagination that has now been built um and a lot of emotions come with that where at first you're like um suppose suppose this wasn't meant to happen you know it's like uh, i just wrote this book in my pajamas in my room and now they're spending you know millions and millions of dollars like uh, is this supposed to happen right yeah you know all then, questions um, you know yeah. oh yeah all that stuff comes up but then also you're just very thankful and then you're at the end of the day you're just sort of surrendered to it and be like this is a great life experience you know yeah. um and you're just happy to have it you know so um, I've learned not to take anything for granted and to, at the end of the day, try to help as much as I can to make sure that it gets out to the, to, to the biggest possible audience and that everyone, um, you know, not only the movie, but also those who do uh, want, who want more of the world will then go to the books. Absolutely. No, this is amazing. Um, I'm really happy for your success and your journey and everything that's happening for you right now and moving forward. Uh, so uh, I know we don't have much more time, so we're going to close. But where can people find out more about the books, the tours, the films, um, your website, any any of that information? The best place is on Instagram, Soman C. Um, and then my website is SomanChainani.com. Uh, and that tends to have all the information about me. Okay, great. Well, you have a great um, uh, time in Ojai. It's a beautiful place. I know about that because I did a festival there. So yeah, you are going to have an amazing... You know more than I do. <laughs> I know. I wish it was... I wish it, you know, we planned it out, but, you know, we can do it next time and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you around. But yeah, you, you, will, you will come away. You know, you'll love it if you haven't been there. Um, I don't know if you've been there, but if it's your first time, then you would really love first it. First time. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Great. Well, congrats. And uh, we'll catch you soon again. Thank you very much. Thanks again. And good luck with everything and uh, the podcast. It's such a great subject. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.